Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Nobles Wharf online, sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, the best in new inventory. All with great warranties, great pre-owned inventory with the fabulous Sunbury Motors Guarantee, and a service department that does such great work that uh, it'll be taken care of completely until you buy your next SMC vehicle. It is all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Sitting in Sunbury in the studio wearing his NY shirt today, which stands for either not yet or next year, is Matt Catrillo. <laughs> uh, that's accurate, though, as I told you earlier. Yeah, that's fully accurate. And what's also made me not happy with the Yankee organization right now is with the ownership itself. So Hal Steinbrenner, I don't know if you saw this yesterday or not, Steve. He was on the Michael K. show on ESPN New York. And he's asked about, does he hear how upset the fans are right now? And he said, quote, I'm a little confused as to why, because it's the third week in June. I was stunned when I heard that, when I heard and saw that quote. Because the Steinbrenner family, of course, starting with George Steinbrenner, knows and wants the fans to be upset when things aren't going well, because they expect the best. And so for the fact that he put out that shockingly tone-deaf type of statement, I thought was absolutely stunning to me and a little alarming to me, to be honest with you, with all that. The fact that obviously he's forgotten about where the, the team that he's running, where he's running the team, and the fact of how bad the team looks right now, to be honest with you. So I, I was taken aback by that. I'm not going to lie. I don't understand why he thinks, why he's questioning, why he, he under, if he doesn't understand why the team, why there's fan, why the fans are being upset about with the team. Well, maybe because half your team is a Triple A roster right now because guys aren't staying healthy, which I know is not all your fault, but maybe you can look at the medical staff and this and that. Maybe look at these things when you try to sign guys, and also. Make, are you are you putting in are you really putting in the resources that you need? Seems like it, but maybe you're not making the right decision because you have a guy in Giancarlo Stanton who is killing half your salary and a guy you you didn't even need to sign in the first place when you did. So sure, I'm sure you're working hard, but you're not making the right decisions clearly. So yeah, fans have a right to be upset, should be upset. I don't care what time of the year it is. So I was stunned by those comments. I feel what you fail to grasp is this. Those comments were directed at you. <laughs> you know, I thought of you when I, when I saw that. <laughs> I really did. Oh, my almighty! It could be. First of all, the medical staff. 
I'm not going to sit there and pretend I'm an expert on the Yankee medical staff. But what do you want him to do? Go out and purchase water from Lourdes? I, mean, I, I just always, I mean, injuries happen, I get that. I, I just What are they supposed to do? I guess from just from seeing what's going on with the Sixers and and even to some point sometimes with the Eagles with their medical staff where you constantly see the soft tissue type of injuries and that always happens, that's where that, I tend that, to question. That, that's strength and conditioning. That's not the medical staff. To a point, yeah, and, and I think you need – that's a good point. You, I think that needs to be looked at too. And I know a lot of that is on the player, but at the same time, but when it's the same injury recurring on and on, then that's when I think things need to be looked at. And that, that's well, just me. Like I said, there, I, I'm, not, I'm not there. I get that too. So when it, When it comes to injuries, there are – three people involved in the decision making and it's it's actually 2.5 right one is the doctor that's the 0.5 sometimes the doctor has to be brought into it sometimes the doctor doesn't okay so the doctor they have to check mark it number two without question it is the trainer check mark it and number three it's the player Aaron Boone, Hal Steinbrenner, Brian Cashman have nothing to do with the decision on whether a guy plays or not in terms of the injury part. They have nothing to do with it. Aaron Boone can't walk in and say, well, come on, he's playing. They look at you and go, "Uh, he says he can't go. Do you know how many times I've heard the words very unimpressive x-rays. Oh, yeah, I've, I've heard player, it too. Yeah, I get that. The, 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 that means the player's the one saying they can't go. The medical staff's like, I think he, he can go here. Right. But, no. And that's, that is a big problem that you have to deal with. Those are the decision makers on whether a guy can go or not. And nobody else has that decision. Hal Steinbrenner doesn't. Okay. I mean, you do have to look at a player's injury history when you sign him. There's no question. You have to look at the production history. You have to look at what part of the order history. You have to look at the position history. You have to look at the injury history. There's so much you have to look at. And you have to look at their off-the-field history. I always love all these organizations that just feel like, well, we just get him in our culture, he'll be fine. No, he is who he is. Nine times out of ten, he is who he is. I always love it. They just get him in our culture, he'll be fine. Uh, Au contraire, mon frere. And that is the way it is. That's the way it is. And... Is he right? It's the third week of June. Yeah, you know the Yankees over five hundred. Yeah, are they in the thick of the wild card race? Yeah, um, there's a lot of things like that where it's still we're two and a half two and a half months into the season, but there are still three and a half more months to go. 
It is a long season. Um, Wizards are finalizing deal to send Chris Paul to the Warriors. Wow. Well, ring around the rosy he goes. Well, no, but you got to remember the player that, I mean, they got Tyus, Tyus Jones from uh, Memphis in the Celtics trade. And he, to, to me, he is the best single backup point guard in the NBA. And now he'll become the point guard. So that means there's no, I mean, there's no room for Chris Paul at the end. They already have their point guard. They don't need him. They actually, and they have a guy that's younger. And it's in exchange for the entire Warriors team plus cash. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. That's a big trade. But that's, I mean, when I look at um, their situation, I mean, look, okay. Let's go back to something. I know I'm I'm revisiting something I talk about a lot. If I'm a general manager, idealistically, I do not give any player more than five, and I don't a position player, and I don't give a pitcher more than three, in terms of years. And this is the reason why. I mean, the Phillies gave Trey Turner eleven years. Eleven years. Did anybody in that organization sit back and think to themselves, for a guy whose legs are important to his production, where is he going to be in five years? Did anybody think about that? Not for the immediate return, but the long-term return. San Diego signed Xander Bogarts for 11 years. 11 years? He's a very good player. But is he going to be very good in five years? They signed Fernando Tatis to, what, a 13-, 14-year contract. And what's the first thing he does? He knocks himself out of the majority of last season and part of this season. Like, What? I mean, I'm seeing these contracts that make no sense. Aaron Judge, nine years. You're all jumping up and down. Nine years. I said, he's not going to play nine years. Look at this season. You signed a guy who has who has, has had an injury history to a nine-year contract. What? It makes no sense. He's going to be 40 at the end. If he's breaking down now at 31, what do you think he's going to happen when he's 34, 35, 36? This is the contracts they are handing out in baseball, and I realize there is always a trend, always, after the new collective bargaining agreement is signed. Look at the history of it. Every time there's a new one signed and there's more financial incentives in it, you see bigger contracts like this happen. But it's not the money. It's not the money. It is the number of years. 
Now, I realize for an organization, they're trying to take the big number, the overall number, and they're trying to spread it out over a period of time. Thus, you're getting a 13-, 14-year deal, an 11-year deal, another 11-year deal, a 9-year deal. But these contracts don't work out. History shows over and over again they don't work. Albert Pujols, did it work? Robinson Cano, did it work? Dustin Pedroia, did it work? They were all for different circumstances. Pedroia injuries after the Machado incident against the Orioles and essentially just put him on the road to ending his career, right? Pujols with a variety of injuries, and then Cano, of course, with with the, uh, I believe it was PEDs. These are all, I mean, history is the greatest teacher going. I, I know you love Aaron Judge. I don't sign him for nine years. I look at him and go, hey, look, I'm gonna, you know, I'll offer you six. I'll get you to 37, then we'll talk then. Nine? You can't even get through the first year of it. I mean, I know Harper was signed for 13. I got it. It was a way of spreading money, and I know the last three years of the deal, uh, the the number drops down to 20 million each year. I understand that. But if you're going to ask me who I will invest long-term money in, well, I invest it. Uh, so I've got one contract to give, one. Okay, I've got a choice between Tatis, Turner. Bogarts, Judge, Harper. Which one of the five do I pick? Harper for you. Darn right, because he's going to give me everything he has all the time, and when he gets hurt, he's going to figure out a way to somehow get himself back in there faster than anybody else. Harper has that story I told about Larry Bird which could be told about Magic, which could be told about Michael Jordan. The story I told about Larry Bird the other day, Harper is the current embodiment of that. This guy understands his team needs him. This guy understands that the fans buy tickets to see him. And he does everything he can to make sure he is out there. And there wasn't a single person complaining when he was out because he had because his surgery, which by the way he had early in the process. Gee, why do you have it early in the process? Hmm, because he knew it was going to take a while to get back. So I'm going to take the time when we're not playing and use it, as opposed to these guys like, hey, you know, it's late January. I'm going to have the surgery now. You're going to have it now? You you couldn't have had it in November? That does drive me crazy, too. Absolutely. Like, really? You're going to get paid no matter what. And that's that's a, that's a big problem. I, mean, I know it's 162 games. I mean, I realize that. But... I at least I at least want a guy who actually wants to be out there. The five guys I just named, Harper's the only guy I feel like wants to be out there. 
And all the Aaron Judge people, sorry. You can call and yell at me all you want. I don't care. Right? I've got mounds of evidence showing he's not playing. Over and over and over and over and over. Not playing again tonight, is he? Yeah, we still don't know. Well, don't blame everybody else. At some point, you've got to look at him and say, okay, explain to me why you're not out here. Can't DH something. See that guy over there? He's got to wear all this padding and has to put it in such a way where he has to support his arm. But he's out there playing and running the bases. And you're doing what? Again. Again. But you're you're mad at Hal Steinbrenner. Correct. But you're okay with Aaron Judge. I'm a, I'm a little I'm I would say I'm a little annoyed with Aaron Judge, but I mean he players don't usually say when I mean most players usually don't say when they're coming back. It'd be nice, and I know well, Harper obviously did a good yeah. did was able well, to do that. Me, but okay, yeah, I've talked to a lot of trainers, so let me give you an exact quote that a trainer gave me on that. I always have players come into me, Stephen. They always say to me. When are we going to be back? And I always look at them and I said, look, let's just do today first. You're going to determine when you're back. Yeah, and I... If if you decide to do it half-heartedly, it's going to take you longer. And I think it does come to a point, too. Like, the longer this goes on and... You can kind of, and just based on the things you've heard from Aaron Boone day in and day out, that you know he's he's close. He got this shot, this that shot. Where for right now it's okay. The Yankee, I don't think the Yankees are being transparent. But the longer this goes on, then you really start to look at the player, and that and I'm and I think that part is at a crossroads for me right now. So like if this goes on, let's say past the Fourth of July, then I'm going to put this squarely on on Aaron Judge himself. Because then he's he's obviously not doing something that he's supposed to be doing. Well, Boone is is caught in the middle. The last thing you want to do if you're the manager, you don't want to slam the player. You have to manage that player. So since you have to manage the player, you don't you don't rip the player. You don't need to add that problem in. All right? You don't need to add that problem in. So you've got to at least up front support what's going on. It always puts them in a very, a manager or a coach is always in that middle gray area, and you just don't feel like crossing the line, even though you may be tempted to, to 
give a little verbal kick in the backside. How about that? Totally fair. And Aaron Boone just isn't that kind of guy to begin with. He's a players type manager, which is why I think he's still in this spot right now. Well, I think most I think most most guys are like that. I think they've a lot of them have made that transition over where now they understand that they have to treat it differently than maybe Casey Stengel would have back in the day. I mean, they understand, hey, I can't do this without these guys. I just don't need the added headache of, like, doing a verbal backhand, you know? Want to work for a stable yet growing company? Got it. Want to work for a family-owned business with over 100 years experience in taking care of customers and employees? Got it. Want to work for a leader in selling more cars and satisfying more customers? Got it. Who has all that? SMC Sunbury Motor Company is looking for technicians across all their departments. Whether you're an entry-level technician, an experienced technician, or someone looking for a career change, Sunbury Motors would love to hear from you. They're looking for technicians for their quick lane, car and light truck service, heavy truck service, body shop, and frame and alignment division. You can apply online at sunburymotors.com, in person at our North 4th Street location, or call Todd at 570-286-7746. Your new career of working on Fords, Kias, Hyundais, Western Star trucks, plus anything that fits in the door, and some things that don't. Join Sunbury Motors. Your new career is waiting for you. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Nummel's Warp, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, the best in new inventory, all with great warranties. Fabulous pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee and a terrific service department that backs it all up every step of the way at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 to 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Uh, the Wizards have been very busy with the trades. They just made another one this afternoon. Of course, they sent Bradley Beal to get Chris Paul. They have now taken Chris Paul and sent him to the Warriors for Jordan Poole. So now they have Landry Shamit. They have Jordan Poole. They have Tyus Jones which I, I thought was a great pickup for them. And the uh, now it looks like they're going to lose Cal Kuzma, who's opted to be an unrestricted free agent. And they've got a high draft pick tonight. Then there's the Marcus Smart deal with Chris Tapps, Porzingis, and Jones. Tyus Jones ends up going to the Wizards when it's all said and done. Porzingis goes to the Celtics. 
uh, Smart goes to the Grizzlies. Um, the Celtics are trying to do something all day to get a deal that involved Porzingis and the Wizards. And part of that deal, by the way, is Mike Muscala, who's going to end up being a part of this. Uh, they're sending uh, Gallinari and Mike Muscala to Washington as part of the deal. And they also are sending the 35th pick in the draft tonight to Washington, second round. Memphis is sending Boston its first-round pick in Thursday's draft, 25th overall. And this is, they're trying to do some remake. Essentially what the Celtics have done is they felt like they had a choice here between Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon. They were going to keep one of the two. They tried to work out a deal with the Clippers that would have sent Brogdon to the Clippers. All right? And then the 30th pick of the draft would have gone to the Wizards and Porzingis to the Celtics. Deal fell apart. So then they started talking with Memphis. And, and of course, Memphis has John Morant. Tyus Jones has been backing him up and had to play a lot for obvious reasons. I don't think we have to revisit that. And Jones gave a great account of himself. So he ends up in Washington with Gallinari and Mike, and Mike will be on the show tomorrow. And the Celtics get Porzingis. Again, another individual in life you personally can't stand. If you would like, we could really shorten the show and find out who you do like. (laughs) But you're correct. Porzingis is not one of them. I mean, we could get out of here in 10 minutes. I mean, we have to do five shows a week just to get in the people you don't like, and it's only scratched the surface. We could do the whole thing in 10 minutes and end it for the people you like. What do you think? It's an interesting idea. I know. It'd get me out of work faster. All right, so. (laughs) Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. So the Celtics, it looks like they'll keep Brogdon to go with Tatum, Brown, Robert Williams. Porzingis is a different player compared to the other guys in the lineup. Smart Smart is more similar to Brogdon, Tatum, and Brown. So they took somebody that was similar to the rest of the group, whether it was going to be Brogdon or Smart, and dealt one of them. It ends up being Smart. To bring in a guy, Porzingis, who plays a different game and brings more size on the floor. It does not mean in any way, shape, or form, okay, that this is, oh, my goodness, the Lakers have acquired Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from the Bucks. It's not that trade. But it is, without question, a dynamic shift in how the Celtics want to play the game.
And Porzingis, to his credit, is coming off his best season in the NBA. I mean, he averaged over 23 points a game for Washington this year and eight rebounds and three assists. I know you can't stand him. But but you are correct, yes. He had a good year last year. Well, that's why I said it, Matt. <laughs> and I'm over here, like it's not like fantasy land. <laughs> but I still think the Celtics gave up a lot for this guy, and I'm not necessarily sure that they're better right now than what they were last year. I really don't. Um, I think uh, in because he is different compared to the cookie-cutter players that they have, Brown's game is a, is similar to Brogdon's game. Brogdon's game is similar to Tatum's game. In some ways, I know Smart does a couple of things different, but it's similar to Smart. Porzingis is not similar to that. It's a different dynamic on the floor to go now. They kept three players of similar... Um, they kept three players of similar style and traded the fourth to get somebody who's a bit different. Now we'll see if it works. If you were saying, which one of the two would I keep, Smart or Brogdon, I would have kept Brogdon. That's me. I agree. That's me. That's just a personal preference. And I think that the Wizards, who are trying to remake, and I was talking to Roger about this today. I said, Roger, here's the key. I said, two-thirds of the teams make the NBA playoffs. You just have to get yourself to 10th and get yourself into that into the tournament. Well, you know what? I, their new management there, to their credit, I think they're doing they're doing some smart things here. I mean, you know, I mean, Gallinari will play a little bit more than Mike will. Mike will get into the mix. But Jones is a great acquisition for them. I think Jordan Poole's a great acquisition for them. You know, Poole now gets away from um, Golden State. It gets him away from Draymond Green. And again, what does Poole do? What Poole does is somewhat similar to how Steph Curry plays. It's somewhat similar to how Clay Thompson plays, Right. Now he gets to go someplace else where, you know, he's got a point guard that plays point guard. And and is a distributor that puts the ball right in the shooting pocket. And that'll be good for Jordan Poole. That's a good acquisition for Washington. And now it sets up how they want to draft tonight. By making these deals now, Washington now has a better handle on... Um, on the the type of player they would like to get in their draft spot. Okay? So the first pick is going to be Victor Webinyama. Everybody knows that. It's it's not even close. I think most people feel Scoot Henderson is going to be next to Charlotte. My question will be, can a guy like Scoot Henderson with his skill set how does he fit with LaMelo Ball? And, you know, and I think um, it'll ease some of the playmaking burden that Ball has. 
Uh, Brandon Miller maybe goes to Portland after that. Not sure what they want to do. Then you got the first of the Thompson twins. Okay. And Jerace Walker of Houston, he has really moved up. Anthony Black of Arkansas, and I saw him play in the NCAA tournament. And he is... Now, I was talking to Roger today. Roger's really hoping he falls to them. And they would be very fortunate if he did, because I think Anthony Black can play. Uh, Because this guy is somebody that um, is two areas. Two areas of black I love. One, he he is not a me-first person. I'm watching him play. He made sure Ricky Council, who was his running mate at Arkansas, he got Ricky Council the ball in some great spots in the games I watched there in Des Moines. And not only that, when he needed to score, he did. In other words, here's a guy who who's, who feels much like Jalen Brunson does, except he's a better athlete, I think, than Brunson, right? who wants to connect everybody on the floor. That's fabulous. And you know what? He's a good defender. He's a good I watched I watched him play defense against Kansas. I'm sitting like I looked over at Dick. I said, I said, Anthony Black can defend. I mean, Kansas had a lot of trouble with him. Uh, you got Cam Whitmore at out of Villanova. And yeah, some people say he's fallen. Uh okay. But let me put it this way. This guy is a great athlete who can shoot threes. His problem is, I remember that time how Black's a connector. Whitmore is not. He's not a good passer. So just some of the thoughts on some of the guys that are Going in the uh, in the draft, um, there's only 58 picture team cheated. Yeah, you they absolutely have, did. Do you even have a first round pick? I don't think you do, dude. Um, no, don't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I mean, let's face it. Outside of Embiid, I mean, you're almost better off not having one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. Um, yeah, I, the, I don't. I don't disagree it's the with process, that. And we're not any good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they got Joel Embiid. That's a gigantic win. Look at all the other people they picked. Are you kidding me? That was worth finishing last. <laughs> Come on. Yep. Woo. Wow. These are these are your people. These are your people. I know. You know what we need to get you into? Polo. Like water polo? No. Polo. Horse. Mallet. Ah, okay. Yeah, I, 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 can go with, that, I can go with that. That way you can whine, moan, and complain about it, and nobody will pay attention. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOP. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells foul 
expect Derek Lively out of Belfont and Duke to be the uh, one of the top 15 picks on the draft tonight. Seth Lundy is a 3 and D guy. Simple as that. He'll play the 3 in the NBA. He can play defense. He's got length. Excellent 3-point shot. Uh, I think he'll be a mid-second round pick. Somewhere in, the, somewhere in the 40s. Jalen Pickett has a shot. You know, Jalen Pickett is somebody, uh, every time you turn around, you, you people want to count him out. And they understand that. He's 6'2". You know, is he lightning quick? No. Is he the greatest three-point shooter? No, but he's good. And he makes everybody around him better. And in Chicago... He really impressed a lot of people at the Combine. Then there's Andrew Funk. Andrew Funk is about to catch a break because the new collective bargaining agreement in the NBA now allows you to have three two-way players on the roster, two-way players that can split between the G League and the NBA. And he has... Not just a good, we all know a great three-point shot with outstanding range and a quick release, very quick release. I mean, if I'm going to watch Buddy Heel to the Pacers and I'm going to watch Duncan Robinson and people like that, Andrew Funk can play. And he's not going to get drafted tonight. You will sign with somebody as a free agent. But this is where I think he's caught a big break. The new collective bargaining agreement allows NBA teams to go from two two-way players, G League NBA, to three two-year, uh, two-way players. That's 30 additional roster spots for two-way players. He fits that perfectly. So a little Bucknell-Penn State combo out there. Once they get to the free agent portion of this, which is right after the draft tonight. But I think he's got a shot at going into a camp and I think he's got a shot at earning himself a two-way contract with somebody. Man, I would love to see that. Oh, positivity. Wow. If anybody deserves it, it's him. Did you fall? Hit your head? You're all right? Oh, my almighty! Does the company know? That's also a good question. Do the kids know? Oh, yeah, they know. Daddy's so mean. (laughs) (laughs) I told you to bunt. Oh, God. (laughs) Here he goes. (laughs) But there's two strikes and two outs. What? Don't tell me what to do. I'm managing the team. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The uh, tragic story about the loss of that submersible that was going down to take a look at the Titanic. That'll be the lead story on the news at the top of the hour. Mike DeCourcy, final half hour.
Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. At least the positive part of it is. That people are attracted by your negativity. Have you noticed that? I'm a man of the people. What can I say? 